Hey guys, welcome back to the Emo Social Club podcast, where it's not a new episode if you don't hear my voice explaining some stuff at the beginning of it. Uh, we talk a lot on this episode about the Surviving R. Kelly series, but we didn't have the resources ready to go when we were recording the episode, so I wanted to make sure that I gave those out uh, at some point in the episode, and also they will be in the uh, show notes down below. Uh the first one I want to shout out is called A Long Walk Home, which is a Chicago-based nonprofit using art to support girls and women of color fighting sexual violence. Uh, we talk a lot about how black women don't tend to be believed when they uh, address these sort of uh, uh, sexual assaults, uh, you know, in the same situation that R. Kelly has, has caused, is that we don't tend to believe black women when they say that they've been assaulted. So, uh that's one reason I wanted to give some a shout out to that is because they are doing their job to support victims uh, similar to what has happened with the victims of R. Kelly. Uh, we also uh, found an organization called She Is The Music, which is founded by Alicia Keys, which is a global database for women working within the music industry. Uh, we thought this was a really good resource for uh, any women that has a job within the music industry because uh, I think that we can really find some solutions if more women are involved in the conversation. And in order to do that, we need to have more women in high-profile music career jobs. Uh, so if you happen to be a woman who works in the music industry, uh, hopefully this would be something that you'd be interested in and you can find the link down below. Uh, a couple of uh, self-promo plugs as well. Uh, Lizzie wrote an article for Beyond the Music, who we interviewed on the podcast as well. Uh, that is in the link below. She writes about the writing styles uh, in journalism and music journalism and how they might be different uh, professional-wise or more casual sort of language. Uh, and then I uh, have a show tonight that this, show, this episode comes out uh, at Cubby Bear with my band Addie's Corner. Uh, we're playing around 10 p.m. or so. Uh, doing a bunch of 90s and pop punk covers. Uh, and then also, uh, I've been posting a lot about it on the Emo Social Club, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, but I have been Twitch streaming some games. Uh, we said we were going to do Life is Strange, and we're doing that every Tuesday from 6 p.m. local Chicago time. And on Thursdays, we're doing Nostalgia Games. Right now, uh, we're doing uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, from the PlayStation Times. Uh, and that's at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. And you can find all of that at Twitch tv slash emo social club or follow the link down in the description so let's get to the episode love you guys thanks for sticking around happy 2019 and enjoy happy flossing <laughs> happy flossing this is going on the intro god i hope so <laughs> edit this in as the intro Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of Emo Social Club 2019 edition. Woohoo! We made it through the new year. Yeah. Lizzie, what did you uh, what did you do for New Year's? I had to work. <laughs> well, shit. So then we uh, we got back to our office with maybe like 25 minutes to spare. Yeah. In the loop. 
of Chicago from Evanston, which is a northern suburb of yeah. the city. And it was sleeting, so like we had to be careful driving yeah. back. So we got back like and we have um we have this office party room. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a whole like there's games, there's an open bar for anyone pretty much. There's candy, there's chips, there's a hammock you can take a nap in. Um, so we just went up there, we did a quick toast, and then my friend at work left because she had to go um, down to meet one of her f- her friends at their party because they're waiting for her to like pop the champagne basically. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, I'm a, uh, I guess I'm going up to Lakeview. I crashed at one of my friend's places, and it hit midnight, and I was standing at the Brown Line stop, <laughs> and I look over, I'm like, oh look, there's fireworks, and I was like, oh, there's Trump Tower too. Mm. And then I walked, was walking off of the Belmont Brown Line stop in Boys Town because my friend lives right yeah. down the way, and I see these two very intoxicated men <laughs> <laughs> rolling across people's parked cars, so wrecked out of uh. their minds, trying to rip each other off of the cars, but still rolling simultaneously together. <laughs> I'm like, wow, guys. Yeah. You need help? You good? It's fucking amateur Please hour. don't hurt yourself. I hope they're okay. Uh, everybody survives those kind of events. You either need to be the worst person on the street or not be on the street. Literally. I was like, well, I'm going to just run. It's like a competition among everybody that lives in Chicago to see who can be the worst first. Like, it's like <laughs> the I weirdest, don't like any of that. It's the weirdest thing. I fucking hate going out in the city. What did you do? I saw your snaps and you're wearing yeah. a onesie. Uh, yeah, I went to a house party because, again, fuck going out. Um, but I went to a house party at a friend's place and uh, it was <laughs> it was a 90s themed pajama party to which I said, no, pick one. Pick one? <laughs> You don't, why? How do you have 90s themed pajamas? That was like my thought is like, it's like a sleepover in the 90s, but it's not. <laughs> so so I like, what do we do? Do we put them wear like a 90 and listen to Hole and then talk about who killed Kurt Cobain himself not, or Courtney Love? This is, of course, not Love. anybody who wants to hear it was Courtney Love. But it's, yeah, it's, it's of Courtney. course, <laughs> not anybody that wants to listen to like that 90s. They want to listen to like NSYNC and Britney Spears and shit, which is great. Fine. But it's like, we can do that without having to do 90s-themed pajamas. And I was like, why not just do, like, a pajama theme and then just play whatever music you want? So I was like, whatever. Like, just whatever. whatever, guys. Um, I mean, we, uh, me and my girlfriend just went in onesies and, like, just did our thing. Uh, I am a big advocate for just doing house parties and staying off the streets and being safe. And uh, we had a great time. Brought our own drinks. Saved a bunch of money. I mean, like, look, it's it's different different strokes for different folks but like i'm older and i'm not single he and is so old. what i want to do is be comfortable i want to be warm i want to not be surrounded by a bunch of idiots and that's what i get now because that's what all, it will, all it, will, it will say here in chicago new year's eve was very cold and wet and rainy and snowy and I know some of me and my other friends were discussing possibly going out. I'm like, it's not, mm. I don't want to dress up to go out anywhere. I just want to get in bed and yeah. put some PJs on. Like and chill all the, the people uh, standing downtown for New Year's. So this is uh, not downtown Chicago, but like all the people that do like the big ball drop in Times Square. Yeah. So I had heard this from somebody else is like, you have to get there like in 
the middle of the afternoon and they let everybody in because they block off this whole street. Oh, yeah, I, I bet. So they have to let everybody in like super early in the afternoon and they lock everyone in. So like you're there for the entire day until midnight, until the ball drops and then they open it back up and everybody can get out. But you can't leave that spot for that entire period of time during the day. So, I mean, not even thinking about how people like go to the bathroom yeah, or how I was they about like to say, you know, that's like a big like you, it's it's a huge commitment if you have kids if you're a family like that's a huge commitment for for anybody to do and then the fact that it was also like raining like downpouring the entire time in new york city is like that seems like like you would have changed your mind at some point like i would have you know seen, what look, i just never would have gone i never would have gone to that that seems no. foolish that's fucking stupid fools the fools Amateur hour. Um, yeah, but New Year's was good. Uh, it's been good since, I think, Chicago weather-wise. Yeah. We had like 50 degrees yesterday because of climate change. Yeah, you know, so it's like it's warm and everything, but, you know, we're all going to die in like 30 <laughs> years. It's it's any time that people in Chicago complain about the weather being like, oh, it's really uh, it's really surprising, like warm day. Like, oh, the weather's been really nice. We didn't get a lot of snow. It's like, yeah, climate change. Like, there's a reason this for is it. The definition for climate change. <laughs> like, like whenever anybody's like, "Man, I just—it's so weird." Like, we usually get so much snow in Chicago. Climate change. We're gonna get hit with snow when it's supposed <laughs> to be fucking spring at this yeah, point. We always do. Like March first will be the I I, I bet you this snow. it'll be like a huge snowfall. Like beginning of March, we will be fucking pounded by snow. And then it's gonna be like 120 degrees yeah. over the summer. Yeah. We're all gonna be at Lollapalooza dying like well, we were this some past of us. year. Some of y'all. Me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe emo hey. social club. Uh, hey, rumors gets a media saying pass. that uh, the Cure might be playing again, and I would love to go see the Cure for a third yeah, time. Yeah, I would love to see the Cure for a festival in Chicago for the first time. It's amazing. And not I have waited to get out of a venue. I waited four hours so I can get pretty close to see them when they play Lalo the first time in like oh, Lalo, twenty. Not, so not Riot Fest. Twelve. I saw them at Riot Fest too, but I went to go yeah. see Weezer play the Blue album, yeah. and then I ran over. I had to. <laughs> I was forced out of the crowd, but it took us an hour to get from standing in front of the stage that for was when they had that, to the exit. They had that ridiculous setup that Bad year where setup. it was like, yeah, I, I, I saw Frank Iero in the celebration. Yeah. And I wanted to see Annie Flag, but they were literally half a mile, no, half an hour walk across yeah. the whole ass field. So I missed Annie Flag, and I finally saw Annie Flag at Warp Tour <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. And that's the only time because I also don't have a lot of friends. Who listen to them. That's fair. I don't like And I'd rather not go to, to shows alone. <laughs> also very fair. Yeah. Um so we're we're just kinda doing a quick check in episode. We actually are setting up a bunch of uh interviews and stuff, um kind of focusing uh a little bit on the political end and a little bit on the uh Chicago creators end. Um yeah. we have some people from Riot Fest, some musicians, some uh other other backgrounds of people that we'll be interviewing soon. Um, we're, we're getting it set up. We got it. We up. got ambitious near the end. <laughs> we are. Um, I mean, like a bit of a behind the scenes thing is like, we're growing. We have now 2019 to like focus on this as a thing, uh, create new content, create new, I don't know, whatever we want, really. really like, yeah, it's really just establishing what we want to do. We're yeah. creating a website, so we have a landing page, so you know what the hell's going on yeah. more so, and <laughs> you can find everything in one place instead of clicking around on our socials, yeah. being like, what the fuck I is going on? I hate having to be like, 
my least favorite thing that I like we have to do on Instagram is to put link in bio. So like we can only really have like like you want to make it the easiest you can make it for somebody to get to where your stuff is. And because for at least for me, Instagram is the place that most people are paying attention to what we do. At least, like when when we post something on Instagram, like it gets story, hits, yeah, it gets views. People people. That's see where it. a lot of people in our fan base are versus yeah. like Facebook. Facebook even. is. I mean, it's there. It's there. It works. But I like, mean, we can type out way more obviously on yeah. Facebook and be like, here's the actual links and give links to every single one. Yeah. But there's not a lot of people seeing it because they still have that jank algorithm. Yeah. And I mean, we do have more followers on Instagram yeah. overall, and and people see it and. Obviously, people see that we're creating stuff, that we're we're doing something. So people, hopefully, our friends, our friends and family, yeah. are listening to this. What's up? Uh, we love you guys. But yeah, it's just it's so tough on Instagram to like like I wish that we had the ability to put it in the the, the swipe up on but the that's thing. That's the biggest thing because at least on my Instagram, I found this thing called Linktree, and it lets you put up to I think like six or seven like external links, so it'll give you like a little landing page. Okay, it'll be like at like my Instagram tag is at Borden Bathory like mm. Elizabeth Bathory and Lizzie Borden <laughs> and of course because my name is Lizzie B um, <laughs> and so I can put like my LinkedIn profile my regular website portfolio I can put you know email social club on there I put up my most relevant like news articles that I write and my uh, blog that's on my pro- my portfolio page too but after a certain point, it's like, oh, okay, you like you can't track it. If you want to track the analytics, you got to pay more for it. Yep. And then people are going to see everybody like, what the fuck is, you know, it's <laughs> called Linktree and I use it. But yeah. people are going to look at it and be like, what the fuck is that? That's why, like, we've been using Bitly is because yeah. we just want to see, like, I mean, really, like, it's a matter of are we talking to the void? Is there anyone on the other end of this podcast? Is or are we, like, actually, like, are people actually paying attention? Are people seeing what we're posting? And I mean, I, I've noticed that for sure people are, are listening to our podcast, and I think that maybe because it's a link in our Instagram, or at the very least, like, it's a very easy link for people to find. Um, but, you know, if we didn't track that, we wouldn't know that anybody gave a shit. Like, <laughs> and then we, we don't know. We would just be like, looking at our simple cast and be like, I'm still confused why so many people are listening to if us. You, okay, so if you are listening... And like, you're not... Our parents, our siblings, <laughs> our family member, our yeah. friends. Yeah. Like, we we love you, but we don't need you right now. What we need is, like, if you are listening to us, like, we'll post, uh, we'll have a, a an Instagram post, we'll have a Facebook post, we'll have a Twitter post. Wherever you are hearing about us, wherever you're seeing it, like, if you can just, like, leave a quick thing, like, I'm listening from here. Like, especially if you're not in Chicago, because, like, yeah. we've been pretty focused on this podcast as a local Chicago podcast thing. Like, local Chicago yeah. politics, local Chicago, uh, like, like that's just what we know are, are best. And, like, while we're trying to talk about emo music as well, which is more national, it's like we're trying to bring it to the people that we know because we assumed they were the only ones that were going to listen. And the biggest thing is when uh, – this is a brand and marketing tip in general. When you start off with a local business or a new small business, you always want to be hyper-local before yeah. you go anything bigger. So you want to go within a radius of at least 50 miles at yeah. the most. And then once you hit that mark – then you can spread out a little bit and say yeah. local and then you can go out of state and then you can go national. Then eventually, maybe if you make it, you can go international. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying to get as international. The as one fast business as intro to business class I took in yeah. my community college. So, I mean, that's like our goal right now is that we're staying pretty hyper local. Like 
local Chicago, local emo scenes, local like our network of people. But then we'll see from some of the analytics that there are people like uh, I know there's one person from England that listens to us. I know I know we have uh, some cool people in Germany. Yeah. In Austria that listen to us. Yeah. We have like a, a. a record label from Germany and or France. I think they're they're both. local in both. Yeah, um, they, have they, some, they have some good bands on there too. Us. Yeah, and they're like their bands are really good. Here's the thing: like when you get press and media inquiries, you really want to be like yes, but you also want to vet them and to make sure yeah. that you're not going to be promoting like shitty music. This this label does not have shitty music. Yeah, they have I just really good. That. Like, it's actually really really good. Yeah, really good French pop punk bands. We can link you some because they're really good. That aren't chunk no Captain Chunk, which is the worst. Anyway. <laughs> worst um but yeah like we we know two people exist that have listened to us so like if you have listened to us and you are not from chicago or if you are in chicago and you just don't know us like please just leave us like a comment on something and just be like hey i'm here i I like what you're doing so you're not in the void i exist yeah we're like there's still a certain amount of like yeah like when we did the black lives matter event like we we met a lot of people that have listened to us and I was like, oh, my God, like people are actually paying attention because you can't translate what goes out over the Internet into real people to a certain extent. And so now to like have met some people, I'm like, okay, well, there are people that exist like people are paying attention. So like what does that mean on the other end? Like who are the rest of the people? What can we who are you? And like we don't know. So we have to get to know you so that we can then uh, make content that that you're going to like too. like. I think our goal is to to keep this running and and you know obviously this is like a very like me and Lizzie are doing this out of like because we want to do more in our lives like this we want to be creators we want to make content but like we don't necessarily like we 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 aren't making any money from this and we don't think we ever really plan to I don't know I don't but know like, maybe like any you know not not recent not soon yeah any merch Eventually, or anything that maybe. we do like like we want to make some some merch we want to make t-shirts we want to make uh some different things but it's like any sales of cool. that yeah any any sales of that is just going to go to paying off the bills for hosting the podcast like yeah and like space tech and, and equipment, and equipment and, everything. and yeah like uh right now like all the equipment we're using is stuff that i've bought because i wanted to make this podcast work and i'm like let's fucking do it let's just let's just go all in and, and make it happen um but if we do anything like it's it's just for that so at the you know what would be really helpful for us i think is to get some feedback from the community that's paying attention so far so that we can continue to make good content for you and 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 get an idea of who you are um obviously being a political podcast being some someone that wants to affect the culture that i'm a part of uh and wants to be a part of my community in that way like hearing from the community is so vital to like what we're able to do and what what we can do next we want to contribute to the counterculture so if your suggestion is stop being political you're really shit out of luck <laughs> there um my guys i'm just putting that out there because me as someone i it's very difficult for me to be apolitical or not really I mean, at all at this point yeah and especially especially now like in we would have said 2018 when we 2019. started the podcast, but oh, now shit. in 2019, like we, you can't stop being political. Right. Like, I remember I uh, was on a date with the dude earlier last year, about a year ago, basically. Oh God, I'm, that's fucked me up so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I don't like to talk politics with the people I'm dating. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I like that. Like we could just, 
I think I mean, it was with normal conversation through and through. But, yeah. you know, when the main basis that you're talking to most other people involve politics because it's so unavoidable at this point. Like the uh, and, and I definitely feel strongly that if you are able to still avoid politics in 2019, that's a privilege. That's a privilege. Like I, I do feel like if I chose not to talk about politics and chose not to be involved, I could avoid it. I could do a very good job of not being a part of it. I don't talk about it in my workspace. I don't talk about it in my my. I don't have to talk about my family. We do, but I thought you were about to say friends, and I was like, you don't have friends, so that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I I do talk about my friends because it's politics is just something that like some of my friends and i are passionate about and and i feel strongly and i i read about it and i research it and and i i have my own opinions on it i try not to you know just follow any any news source and i try not to only listen to one political party and i try to i try to have i try to get out of my silo i try not to be a part of just like a silo but in the end is like avoiding politics is kind of how we got into the mess we're in now where it's unavoidable. It's in literally our daily like, lives. you know, if you ignore the past, it's going to repeat itself. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you need to necessarily be like, as I, I, I've seen this from a lot of, uh, of even political podcasts or political shows that I listen to is like, you can take a break from it. You don't need to be as heavily involved in it. And I do think that there's something to be said about when you look at the national news and you look at national politics, like it's a lot harder to get, a grip on it and like to to like like you can you can read the narratives you can read the stories that the main, mainstream media is selling on on these national stories but like i don't you know in my immediate area i'm not being affected in the same way that the media is trying to tell me i'm being affected by it like the government shutdown hasn't affected me directly as it may have affected people that i know people that i care about or people around me people that are uh that that rely on the government for for essential needs or, or or whatever they whatever the government isn't able to provide for them right now is really affecting them but for me it's like i'm continuing my regular ass day like right. nothing changes. A, you know it only affects you when you're like oh i'm i need to hop on a plane and tsa part of yeah. their workforce is gone because they haven't gotten paid since yeah you know december 22nd and these are people who you know probably work paycheck to paycheck and yeah. work you know for their living 100%. and are really affected by this and i think that that I mean, that is my privilege, but I want to be aware of that from a local perspective. So if we're saying that, though, the, the, the national parks are all all shut down and then there's you know, no one to no one to do these jobs because they're not being paid or they're working for no pay and people can't pay their bills, people can't pay their rent. And and that's the narrative is like, yes, but how is that affecting people? I know. Is there anything that I can do in my immediate community to support people in that? And, and I'm saying this from a perspective of for me no i don't know anybody who's directly affected by this but i would think that like you can't be hyper focused on what's happening on a national level and be productive in that like it's so overwhelming to me to think that like 325 million people or whatever the population of the u.s is now but that many millions of people i can't be responsible for i can't talk to but if i'm looking at it from chicago politics or chicago local or people that are in uh, the Wicker Park community that I live in is like I I feel like I have more involvement there, and it's more I'm more uh, a physically able to like perceive that, but also like emotionally able to to fathom that. Like I think that uh, there's probably a lot going on with people's mental health, thinking like all the things that have been happening over the past few years and how that's ha- affecting all these millions of people. And it's like yes, but 
you can do something in your community. You can't do something for everybody all over the United States, but I think it's much easier for, for me and I, I hope other people to think that in your local community you can have an impact and that will make you more emotionally <laughs> – I don't know really what the word, what the like, word is. I but mean, emotionally, I guess, like, puts the ease in some sense yeah. that, like, what you're doing is worth it. Yeah. Like, looking at, at all the stories that have happened over the past couple of years, it's just like, you know, I I have this theory, like, when it, it's similar to when uh, Bush was in office and we had such a rise in alternative music and more, uh, I'll, I'll say, depressing music, sadder music. Um, and then when Obama was elected and things started to turn around and things were more hopeful, more positive, um, you know, things started to change and like music changed, people's emotions changed, people's uh, perspectives on everything changed. And now with Trump and it's like, this is the world we're living in again. And it's like, I've sort of seen like it, it, very similar to what music was like in, in Oh four, Oh five, Oh six is like the music scene has started to change. People are, are gravitating more towards these things. And now that we're, very outspoken about what's happening in our culture with suicide and mental health and and taking care of yourself is like you need to be aware that there's certain things that are happening around you and you need to do what's right for you social media and the news and political podcasts like if we're not right for you at the time because we're focusing on subjects that's totally cool i always want to be here as like a, a a source of support but i also understand that like you know, you need to take a break from it. You need to step back. You need to say, this is not the right time for this for me. And I would like to think that looking more locally and being involved in your local community can help more with your, your mental health than than being involved in it from a national scale. Right, and being able to see, like, what's going on, say, in, like, you know, South America right now and seeing yeah. what's going on in, like, Brazil, New York yeah. Times just ran, like, a huge article feature about how it's basically led by gangs yeah. and like there's no police because everyone is just run by a gang and yeah. that's why there's so many more people trying to get over the border and why essentially there's been like that larger like okay we're gonna hit the red button do fucking government <laughs> shutdown and build a yeah. wall because these refugees are trying to come over and um it doesn't seem like many people understand what the definition of refugees mean and no, how the Refugee Act the re here in America uses, yeah. <laughs> they say, oh, the refugees are not white, so I don't care about Literally, them. because, you know, you could probably get people from any other Western <laughs> European area. Be oh, like, they'd, oh, say, they'd say, yeah. I guess so. Also, again, let's let's just be fair on this podcast is that most illegal immigration is from visa overstays. So it's people that can already be in the country that then right. overstay the length of time they were allowed to be here. It's not people crossing the border. I think this podcast stands for uh, immigration no one, reform. No one is illegal and we stand for immigration reform. And refugees. Yeah. We stand with refugees. <laughs> anyway, that was like a great tangent. But <laughs> um, yeah, I... I, I I want to get back to what we were talking about with the uh, with the podcast and with like content creation and what we're hoping to do in twenty nineteen. Yeah, we want to know what I guess what exactly what do you want us to cover? Do you want to see more like bandit artist interviews? Are you interested in talking about certain topics that maybe we haven't touched upon, or going more in depth with certain topics and getting mm -hmm. people to interview? Like we talked way more about Black Lives Matter 
and racism when we talked with yeah. Black Lives Matter Chicago, <laughs> yeah. obviously, and same thing with like Hope for the Day. Yeah. And also with our music, My Body for Consent. So is there any other topics or issues that maybe we glossed over or we've, you know, not even paid attention to much yeah. that you would want us to go in deeper about? Or would you rather hear like more in like band interviews like we did with Patty and uh, Patty and um Charlie, I have to remember his name. I was like, I went to <laughs> fucking high school with this kid. Yeah, <laughs> I still yeah, can't get did. over that. <laughs> his girlfriend got a hold of me because we were in a health class together when I was um a junior in high school. So I still had her on Facebook because it was like a not like normal health class. It was yeah. like it's a Vans health class. So you <laughs> learn about mental health. Oh, good. So we were all like a squad gang, and we still like <laughs> followed each other. And she was like, oh, "That's my boyfriend." I was like, "Fuck! <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> But uh, do you want more band interviews? I mean, we're definitely trying to, uh, obviously, once we get a website established, we want to use it to try to get press and media passes. Because doing them in music festivals and in general, just like shows, is really, really fun in my personal experience. I'd love to ask some bands, like, I mean, if you're in a band, if you're a musician, we, I mean, we can do interviews anywhere. So it's not like you have to come to my apartment. (laughs) Just maybe don't be like, out of state necessarily i mean, I mean you could like Skype, over the we can go like over the border of like illinois like, if you're in like milwaukee yeah but then we'd have to really schedule that because then both of bands, us have to be off of work me. and i can't miss class <laughs> we, can we can't miss work i mean i think we'll that, figure it out i i think that i love to do some more band interviews i would also love to to get into anybody creative our scene is so strong when it comes to graphic designers photographers videographers like there's people out there that are involved in the music scene. Like when we talked with um, uh, Beyond the Music is like there's people that are, are in all different aspects of the music scene. And I am looking forward to, to interviewing some people that are involved in different ways that aren't just musicians, but are also working behind the scenes. Because I'm sure that our audience is not just interested in being a musician. Um, I'm sure that people are interested in like other ways that they can do things. And obviously you don't make a lot of money being a musician no you don't uh, make a lot of money doing most of these professions yeah. especially if it <laughs> is more music related the or any type of like arts related you're not making yeah. money the only way to make money is to do all of them and to do is do all of them, of them and then you'll barely scrimp by yeah so anyway, have a good time let's talk to those people <laughs> it'll be a fun time yeah i'm I, having a great time aren't you Brian? i'm having a great time i think that uh, I think there's a lot of creative people out there. I think there's a lot of people doing interesting things, and I would love to uh, to talk more about that. And and hopefully that's something that's inspiring to an audience that that wants to do things. Uh, we were we did some photos today for the website we and just did. for social media and such. But um, I also want to do more videography stuff for YouTube. Just uh, I did the one video that. I didn't really push around a lot because I was like kind of nervous about it. Like I'm like this is this is the first time I'm doing this, and I'm sort of putting it together as like let me figure it out, let me let me see what I can do because I've never really done a video like this. Um, so I'm I'm trying to to jump into that a little bit more too, and like see is this something that I have fun doing, which I do. I, I enjoy video editing, I enjoy recording, I enjoy making videos, but. You know, it's still something that I need some motivation and some kick in the ass to do uh, just because it's it's weird to me. It's it's well, weird and, to and make editing videos. is really tedious, too. I, I, I honestly I would have an easier time editing footage than I would shooting the footage. 
Like that, like I, I love the editing I'm process. I'm the same way. I absolutely hate, especially at least for video, because I am a very small human. When you're <laughs> carrying around like 25 to 50 pounds of yeah. video equipment by yourself, <laughs> I weigh like 130, yeah. and I'm five foot one and a half. <laughs> you hurt yourself, and it's just a lot of shit. Yeah. This is why I only I only do audio. <laughs> I am a soul. I'll do video. I'll complain about it the entire yeah. fucking time. I'll do it though. <laughs> But I'm hardcore. You want me to rec- you want me to record audio for you? Let's go. You want me to edit the audio? I got it. Yeah, you. I got it. <laughs> I got it. By the way, I got Adobe Audition on my laptop. Oh, we're gonna have pretty sounding podcasts like NPR <laughs> now up in this bitch. Oh, are you editing it? You I mean, not this one because right. I I start school this week, so probably not. <laughs> That's fine. But uh, soon, yeah. Yeah. So I. Uh, yeah we are just like a couple of kids just doing what we love and just like what we're passionate about and uh i hope that if you're out there and you want to hear something specific if you want to hear something that you know will will give you some information you're looking for or if you just want to hear more from from a certain band like if you want us to interview your favorite band your friends your we can't interview my chemical romance or fallout boy we can i mean here's the (laughs) thing in theory (laughs) in theory it'd be great but realistically i have tried to get a hold of larger labels it's really difficult frankie arrow get at us bro frankie arrow (laughs) i don't care too many vowels in your last name stop changing the name of your fucking band no i love that i legitimately am about that like that every time he does a new record, it's a different band name. Can we name? just talk I about that? This is my spiciest take. I liked it. One, I liked the sound better when he was Frank I on this IRO on the celebration, not the patience. The patients were too uh, mellow and slow for me personally. I like Leathermouth XO. I love <laughs> Leathermouth. I'm really upset he didn't even get the, one of their vinyls. Who's going to Coachella and spending all their life savings? Okay, so here's what I will say about Coachella is that I was pretty sure Childish Gambino wasn't going to play any more shows. That's what I thought. And now he's headlining one of it. One of he the lied night. to us. So I had to miss his show in Chicago because Fall Out Boy was playing the same night and then we had a show right afterwards. Yes. But I was like, okay, so there it is. Like, I won't get to see Childish Gambino again. And now he's playing at Coachella and I'm like, shit shit <laughs> so like i want to like I've, I've never been to coachella and i want to but as we are a stand by our gr- stand our ground yeah. stand our moral ground podcast not stand your ground group. like the gun right thing no but more a we stand by what we say we mean what we say we say what we mean um you know there's a there's <laughs> there's a lot of things out there about how the the dude who owns coachella, coachella. is a homophobe and is racist is racist and doesn't believe in climate change yeah so and you know everyone brings this up every single year but always it's buried by the fact that you know there's so many good people who are on the lineup i will say this year i'm a little bit fallen flat with some of the smaller bands the headliners are great but in comparison to past coachellas and just even to normal music festivals Mm -hmm. that are that have already happened and that are already scheduled to happen this upcoming year Mm -hmm. and just the predictions i'm like this looks like you just took last year's 
headliners from like Lala and Shaky Knees and Riot Fest. Yeah. Threw them in and then put like the big pop name headliners yeah. for the most part. And then you just sprinkled I mean, in everyone else with whoever else you could afford. Yeah. Because I mean, like Ariana Grande was gonna have a big festival performance. Yeah. Assuming she'll probably, well, now assuming she'll probably be a headliner at Lala. Most because she's maybe. on Coachella. Um, but it, it is kind of like you get these big name performers. Like you've had Beyonce in the past. You've had The Weeknd in the past. You've had Kanye. Like you get all these huge artists. Like they are the ones defining culture in the U.S. And then the dude who runs the festival, who makes a bunch of money off of having these giant name artists on there has these beliefs that are not in line necessarily with what all of them believe counting Kanye out of that. Cause we don't really know what well, he Kanye, believes. <laughs> Kanye um, isn't doing Coachella anymore this year because he stepped away because yeah. they couldn't agree on a set design, but we'll see if that was, he really can't what believe that mu- that concerts, traditional concerts are good artistic expression. And it's like, no, you've clearly never heard that by limiting you get better creative. Like you're better creatively when you are limited in what you, you can know, do. <laughs> some people are just so uncreative originally that they have to use their extra means to become creative in industry. I, Interesting. Yeah, I don't know what Kanye's on. But uh I would I would think that Beyonce, somebody who is outspoken about what she believes, is somebody who resembles a resembles an icon for her community and for what her community believes in and has stood with. Uh, she stood with Hillary Clinton, like was on her uh, supporting her campaign and stuff is like you're taking a stance. But this person who clearly is not on that same path, that same belief system is putting you on at a festival and. I think the bigger like argument here is like artist accountability towards the belief system behind the people that run the, the you know the business. So a festival organizer or a record label executive or uh, a big name musician or you know it, it's like these people who come under fire for their beliefs or or or, or their actions. Uh, now we have this documentary that just finished about R. Kelly and. There only were two musicians that were. I haven't actually seen the whole thing. I haven't seen any of it yet, but uh, it it's hard for me to like want to jump into watching people talk about somebody who went to court for being a pedophile, being a pedophile, and then people are still standing behind him even and after the fact. Him. Yeah. So two musicians, two musicians were on it. Uh, John Legend being the name that I recognize. I didn't yeah. recognize the other name, but John Legend was like, "Yeah, I'm going to be on this because I." do believe he's a pedophile and i don't think there's anything it's an easy choice for me to make to go and speak out against somebody who's a pedophile like, like and it should not be at all it shouldn't be difficult like it's it seems to me that there's still this system that if somebody's doing something wrong somebody like a louis ck who is can ruin your career if you speak out against what he's doing is they're still worried that their career is going to be ruined because they stand up against somebody who's doing something wrong. I mean, and R. Kelly's not just a pedophile. He's a kidnapper. He He's, like, indoctrinating girls yeah. to be, like, sex slaves. Yeah, like... Like, he is the worst of the worst. And every and people are still be like, but his music slaps. I don't irrelevant. give a shit. And I'm not even arguing, like, 
like separating the art from the artist because like if you can still listen to r kelly like if you can still listen to brand new right now like go, go for it i have no qualms with what you do if you still enjoy the music of brand new fine but if you're still standing with r kelly and saying no but he is a good guy besides his or, music it's or you're like, just being quiet about it like john legend is saying i'm gonna speak out about it but like if everybody who's playing Coachella is like, yeah, I know that's fucked up, but I'm still going to play Coachella is like, I don't know. You, 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 you got to put your, you have to put your morality ahead of your right. money. I think the issue is, is that Coachella is like the festival. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with like Lollapalooza. Like if you play any of those fests, you've made it as an artist. Yeah. So people see it as like, this is my badge of honor. This is yeah. uh, what legitimizes me in my musical career and because i mean this guy sounds it sounds like an you know an asshole who runs this but he's promoted this huge festival in the middle of a fucking desert yeah. that charges over seven hundred dollars for a basic ga package yeah and he's made it so prominent and such like a huge cultural phenomenon that however he marketed it and branded it however many years ago i'm not sure how, how old no, coachella I, I really no is idea. But he was a genius to do it like that so much so that every year and consistently leading up into Coachella yeah. and until it's, you know, the lineup is announced again, it gets buried, buried so far down the fact that he's this awful human being. Yeah. And I mean, with R. Kelly as well, most of the documentary focuses primarily on the woman mm-hmm. who he, you know, made victims of this yeah. and they're coming forward and they're talking and the biggest thing is, too, like, they're not paid for this. This was a documentary that people wanted to make to, you know, show light of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they're going out and they're, you know, one, possibly putting their lives at risk. We saw over the summer with, like, Brett Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. what happened with that. Everyone who came out, they ended up, have, like, losing their entire lives. Death threats and... Having to move consistently. Yeah. And it's also looking at the... Starting the conversation that we are so quick to aid people who are white when it comes to this type of victimization. Mm-hmm. But when it's somebody of color, especially black women, we don't really pay attention or want to acknowledge it. And we're mm-hmm. really quick to demonize them. And that's something that's been historic, yep. you know, for, for, for forever, basically. Yeah. They and get forgotten in the, in the, in the right. bigger or conversation Or it's about more, it. you know, it's the same thing with, you know, any type of woman. It's like, well, why are you dressing like that? It's your fault. But it's more so even for younger girls mm. who are black because they are seemed, they, their people look, so look at them as like, oh, you're dangerous, you're a criminal, you're demonized, which is not correct at all. But because they're also doing that, they put them in an adult role because we're only going to think of adults within any type of culture as like oh they're evil they're demons you know they're awful people yeah you know we don't think of children like that unless like it's a one-year-old who won't like shut the fuck up you're like (laughs) fucking demon child but (laughs) even then you're just like oh you're annoying you're you're not legitimately thinking this is an evil bad person yeah but that's the fucked up thing is that there's such centuries centuries old mindsets that are present to go against black peoples, especially black women, because they're seen as you're supposed to be. They're nothing, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you just have to grow up and deal with it. 
And that's why, you know, it's the same thing you have a lot of, you know, younger kids, too, where you see, you know, in the news and media outlets, like when, like, Tamir Rice was shot, they said, oh, like, a black man. And he was like, what, 10, 14, 10, 14. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you are legally supposed to, when you're reporting news, if they are 18 and up, you say they're a woman or a man. Yeah. If they're anything under, they are a minor, they are a girl, they are a boy. That's why when you see, you know, God forbid, 18-year-old man killed, mm -hmm. where we would think, yes, that's a kid, but because that's how we have to classify it for yeah. news. Yeah. Um, but you see it happen more with black peoples as well because you're, they're trying to justify the fact and to soften the blow mm -hmm. um, because they view kids like this. And it's this really disgusting and detrimental mindset that we've been trying to move past. But, you know, racial tensions have been up in the past couple years and you, you have to fight to, like, get past it. It's not right at all. But a lot of the reasons why I feel that R. Kelly has been able to go on for that long is just because people aren't acknowledging that, you know, these black kids are kids. They're saying, like, oh, you're 16, but you're dressing provocatively and you're mm -hmm. black so therefore you must be troubled you must be old enough or grown to make your own decisions yep. so you can do whatever but if we saw a six-year-old white girl doing it be like oh my god It'd be a totally different story it would be a hundred percent a different story yeah. and we know that for a fact i mean yeah. if you were to analyze any type of news organizations across the board msnbc being a biased liberal outlet fox news being a very biased right-wing media outlet looking at cnn which is kind of in the middle but a little bit more liberal bias and even looking at independent sources like ProPublica, there's breakdowns of everything mm -hmm. and there's no escaping it. Anyone with half a fucking brain could figure that out. Mm -hmm. I just think it's really, I mean, I agree with you that it's, it's because R. Kelly was victimizing black women was the reason that this has gone on for as long as it has. I think that, you know, obviously as a white person myself is like, I enjoyed R. Kelly's music as a white person. Like, you know, it's right, like, you're like, yeah, this is the party song, guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I've enjoyed R. Kelly's music, but now it's like, okay, now I, I have to change my opinion. But was I enjoying R. Kelly's music even after the Me Too started and, and we started to have a bigger conversation about sexual assault and sexual victimization and, and all of these issues that R. Kelly is now embodying is like, yeah, I'm still listening to R. Kelly. And it's like, well, you have to take kind of a look at all of it and say, is this different because it wasn't white women or it wasn't white people? It was, you know, it, it was anyone of color. It's like, is that, is that something that you aren't considering as part of this? And looking back is like, okay, I, I see it now as like the R Kelly is in many ways worse than a lot of the other stories that we've had. Right. Worse than some of the things that we've talked about in this podcast of like, oh, we've stopped listening to these people or these bands or these comedians or these actors or whoever. It's like, we've stopped being involved with these people, but R. Kelly's done some worse-ass shit, and I was still listening to R. Kelly. And it's like, okay, something something is different there. Something is different in that storytelling around Me Too and around these sexual assaulters or, or, or however you want to describe Assailants. it. Assailants, yeah. So I, I definitely agree with you that it is on that i just am i'm also a little bit like i just wish that there were more artists because there's so many artists that have worked with r kelly over the years like lady gaga uh well yeah and the, i saw a huge thread on twitter calling yeah. out lady gaga how you know she's proactive for everyone else except for 
these black girls yeah. and black women who have encountered this. And it took a long time. Even Chance the Rapper finally came around. He's like, yeah. I regret doing that song with R. Kelly. But it came out to the fact where they had to put out this whole documentary for him to acknowledge it mm-hmm. way, way, way after the fact. Like it had to be that somebody else had to do it first before everybody else was going to say their own opinion on it. And I think that's where we're kind of hitting an issue is that there's an industry, the music industry is not ready to open up these sort of like, they're not ready to get rid of their, their artists and they're not ready to get rid of the people that are making the money because there's too much money to, to be, be lost, to be lost. And it's like, you're, you're prioritizing money. You're prioritizing the business over the lives of the people that they're hurting over the 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 right and wrong of it. I mean, if you just look at the morality of it, like you're 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 saying that you can do wrong as long as you're making me money or you're making these people money or you're working with people that are going to continue to make money, like then it then it's okay. But like when <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's just it's surprising to me that some of these artists like put themselves out there as like we're these these beacons of of change, these beacons of the right. But it's, it's only like, for things that apply to me specifically. Exactly. And I think that I, I hope that there's more artists that are willing to speak out against these wrongs before it becomes this. Like, I know. I, I mean, R. Kelly is, is not news that he is a pedophile. And he's, right. We, we've known this. I mean, South Park has made yeah, jokes about this for fucking years. The Boondocks made jokes about it. They had the whole series on R. Kelly in prison where they talked about how if he wasn't a celebrity, this wouldn't be what it is. Like right. he, he would get he off. would get murdered. We yeah. know, you know, we know by jokes or just, you yeah. know, incidents as happened in the past. If you go to jail and you were a pedophile, they'll just kill you. But if I'm not wrong, there was some shit about uh, R. Kelly and Aaliyah back in the day. Yeah. Right. That's the biggest so, I mean, thing is that because she was underage. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's in the 90s. And like, she had a song that she wrote with him called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. Yeah. As though to say this is justification for it. And it's like, no, it's like, it's been a problem. This has existed in, in R. Kelly's sphere, like, pretty much for the entire time. And we have to realize, too, is that this is also still like the underage dating. It's really prevalent here, at least in the pop punk scene and emo scene. And mm-hmm. like, you've seen countless memes. You've seen the Hard Times articles yeah. about it. Like, you know, pop punk <laughs> guy has to finish his set so his girlfriend, they can said they were his <laughs> underage girlfriend, can go home. Yeah, they said they had Warped. to, uh, they, that war Tour was ending because. Too many the, like, the arrests from the pop punk guys yeah. hitting on underage girls. And like we look at the hard times articles and we're like, yeah, but it is still it's, it's a a really it's really <laughs> fucked up and it's really prevalent still because yeah. these pop punk dudes be like, oh, I'm so cool and I'm edgy and they'll like hit on like, you know, girls who are stereotypically seen as like the fan girls. So mm-hmm. they're going to be probably 17 and under usually at least yeah. maybe like 13 starting 13 to 17, you know. And I'm not even saying these guys and these bands are even that much older. They could mm. probably be, you know, 19 or 20, but still. A lot of, a lot of dudes you're, in their 20s, but you If you're know. still underage. <laughs> you know. Listen, I went on a date with a dude, and he was, like, maybe six months younger than me. And that was already too much. I couldn't fucking yeah. deal with it. <laughs> um, So I couldn't imagine. I can't imagine dating. I dated a dude in high school. He was one day younger than me, and I couldn't fucking do it. <laughs> So I really couldn't imagine dating anyone that's significantly younger than me for multitudes of reasons besides the fact that it's fucking illegal. I, I just don't understand. A, I don't understand the attraction there. But 
B, I also just don't understand why no one is saying this isn't right. Like, what is it about, like, you're in a band with somebody, and they're fucking around. They're doing some shit that they shouldn't and be doing. you know that they are, because you know. you're bros, you're hanging out, yeah. you're probably sharing the same van. Like, the dude from Newfound Glory uh, got kicked out of the band because he had some shit going yeah, on like that, Yeah, I right? remember that. I don't remember the exact details of it, but at the very least, like, you're with this dude, like, year after year after year after year. Like, this isn't, like, this just started. Well, it's like with Brockhampton, too, when that happened. Yeah. But yet now they're, like, so glorified and we're going to pretend it never happened. Where Amir was like, oh, yeah, I, it wasn't underage, mm-hmm. but it was very abusive physically, emotionally, sexually. Yeah. Everything. And all of Brockhampton, there's, like, fucking 15 of them. I don't understand <laughs> why still. Someone please explain to me why. But they all live in, like, a big house together. Mm-hmm. If you are living in a house with that many people, I live in a house with six other people, you <laughs> almost always know what the fuck you is know. going on with the other person. If you have 15 people in there, and they're living also with their significant other, and you and you're saying you don't know, and they were dating for, like, a really long time. I think it was, like, five or so years, and you yeah. don't know. You it, know that there's something there, and they're yeah. just like, we got rid of this one member. Yeah. Okay, cool. But we're not. We're, we're holding you accountable. And they're like, nah, it was bad. It sucks. But we're just going to move on. And then they went quiet for a bit. Yeah. Came out with their debut, basically. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Brockhampton. It's like they fucking covered for like, their friend. Yeah. It's fine to finally have like a reckoning for the person who's doing wrong, but like you allowed it there. to happen. You you yeah. saw it. You most likely saw it happen because this poor girl was like beaten up. Like she had marks yeah. on her body which were visible. You know, and you know not everyone's going to be vocal about sexual assault either. Like straight up, but if you see the physical evidence of it, and if you're hearing them yell and scream too, like. Yeah. All the time. You know what? Couples, it's healthy for couples to argue, but it's a different, <laughs> it's, it's, a different way it's of significantly doing it. different if you were yelling at each other, you know, multiple times a week, multiple times a day. And if you're hearing them like scream, scream at each other, yeah. you know, like when, you know, your parents like would fight and they was just screaming and be like, oh, shit, it's yeah. about to go down. I should go hide in my room. <laughs> yeah, If it's like that every single time. Yeah. It's it's not healthy. It's abusive inherently. Yeah. You can't. I I just think that like going forward that everybody needs to call out their shitty friends. They need to call out the shitty people that are doing shitty things in their life. I don't life. care if they're your bro. Like it it doesn't matter. Like at this point like we cannot allow things to continue the way they have and expect different results. We need to like something needs to be done about the We need to be confrontational, on. which I know a lot of people just don't like to be for some reason. And it's usually because they don't want to offend the other person. But you have to be confrontational. Like, imagine. And I, I, I mean, I guess this would be my metaphor. Is like, imagine if somebody, when R. Kelly was victimizing Aaliyah, said something to R. Kelly like, this isn't right, you can't do that, and could have intervened in multiple different events that happened, like, to the point where R. Kelly didn't get a chance to victimize right. other women. Like, if someone in his life, if someone in the life of, of you know, his career said this is not okay or i will also say this about the people in the music industry is the one fear that everybody has is that by confronting this person or by challenging this person or by taking something away from him that that they will ruin your career they will basically 
blacklist you from anything that can be done in the in the in music industry, TV, movie, comedy career industry. Like people are so worried that they're going to lose their career. If you are somebody that has the power to 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 give a, a chance to somebody, like if somebody who's shitty comes to you and says, "Yeah, don't hire this person," and they're like giving you this reasoning is like maybe talk to the person like maybe find out like you're basically saying that your career is ruined by other shitty people so if you're also canceling other people because someone sexually assaulted them then you're also shitty and you should be called out too like you deserve to be because you're contributing to the stigma yeah and i think probably the best way to fix that is hire more women overall yeah, which, uh, I mean, there's really there's actually a really great initiative going on right now. I forgot the name of it, but I'll find it and we'll link it. And it's actually through, um, the, like, a big music academy. And, mm-hmm. like, Ariana Grande is one of the founding members. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly for women who are in, like, audio engineering, mm-hmm. essentially in production, which are really underrepresented um, with yep. women. So it's you apply to be a part of it. So you, like, upload a resume. It's like you're applying to, like, a job, basically. Yeah. But once you're in, you get to network with a lot of, like, you know, like, Warner Brothers and, like, Universal Music yeah. Groups. And it's something that's really needed because it's women supporting women i actually saw on twitter um this uk based woman she does like lighting and sound production mm-hmm. and it sounded like she at least had um basically her masters in this um she said she had a couple degrees and she had applied for a position at some studio she didn't say it because you know you never want to out someone like that right. when you don't have a job because you'll get blacklisted super easily in this entertainment industry which which is awful we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah and they literally told her, like, oh, you have really valid and amazing credentials and experience, but we think that this is too complicated for a woman to deal with. Yeah. And oh, their I remember email, that. I remember that And one. this was, like, written out by someone. Like, someone legitimately sat down, typed up this email, <laughs> proofread it, and said, this, this sounds like a legitimate reason why not to hire you. Because you're a woman. Which is not a legitimate reason. No. It's It's sexist. Um, at least here, it's illegal. Yep. For now, <laughs> for the time, for being. the time being, to not Hopefully. hire someone based on their, you know, sex, their yeah. gender, their sexual orientation or gender. So yeah. if you do that, like that's remember, sex and gender, two separate things. Gender is a social construction. Sex <laughs> is a biological thing that you were born with. Gender is uh, ever changing and is only here for definitional reasons. So I guess let's say we need more non-men yes. hired in definitely the music industry likely most industries most industries uh so if you are a non-straight white man who is interested in the music industry is interested in in any aspect of it in any part of it the the audio engineering the festival running the the marketing the the production anything about it like you should be applying and you should be uh we'll we'll link below yeah that. i'll find it i remember i saw it and i was like this is cool and yeah, then i realized we'll i'm like oh i'm not in this this area i'm not tech savvy <laughs> that much at all to that but extent the amount that i think that hiring more non-men would change in the industry and we would be able to to at the very least solve the issue of women not coming forward uh powerful men being able to victimize more and abuse women. the fuck out of their power yeah i think we'd be able to to reduce that by a lot if it was not men in charge of everything basically <laughs>
All right. Well, uh, hey, you know, we're glad What's to up? see you back. We're glad to have you uh, come back to us in 2019. <laughs> yeah, that's really great. Yeah. So um, we look forward to doing this. I think we'll be able to pretty much have this out weekly. So yeah. uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be down here now because I have class yeah. two nights a week. I'll be down here much more crying. Yeah. So uh, make sure that you're subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. We have a lot of outlets that yeah. you can find us at. Just yeah. Just make sure that you're getting every episode. We should be posting mostly all these to YouTube as well. So if you can please, I will, I will, I will make you view a plea. And I'm not saying that the videos are going to be great. I'm not saying that you can't get the content that we're putting on video anywhere else. But what I am saying is, is that I would love, Club? love to have some more subscribers on YouTube. Like, I think that I think it's reasonable that in 2019 we could get to. 100 subscribers on YouTube? God, I hope so. I mean, I feel like that's like a conservative, pretty, you know, yeah. realistic, maybe realistic. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how many videos we put up, I guess. But like, I would be, it would be so cool <laughs> to have like a few more people subscribe to us on YouTube. And so. My dad subscribes to us. <laughs> What's up, dad? Hi, dad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just would love to have more subscribers on there. So if you are on YouTube, if you use YouTube, if you watch YouTube, like go to our link. It's in the show notes of this podcast episode and all the podcast episodes to go and subscribe to it. And if you do, I promise that there will be some good videos on the other end. I'll we're make gonna, we're gonna good videos. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. I will make content that you want to see. Subscribe. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you're about. Tell us what you want to see. And I will make that happen for you. It's going to happen somehow. <laughs> so uh, that's our first episode of 2019. Can't wait for more. Can't wait to see you guys next week. And uh, from all of us, us two, at Emo Social Club. Uh, Bye. Do good out there. <laughs>